0: Hello and welcome to the Selfish Podcast. Today we have Rena Lang, who I know very little about. We met online via a Facebook group, and I'm excited to know more about her and get to know her. So hi Rena. Can you just share to the audience where in the world you are and what time of day is it for you?
1: Excellent. Sure. It's 11am and I am in Mexico. Mexico has been my second home, I would say, for the last maybe 16 years, ever since I came here um, for my studies to do my one year exchange. And ever since then, I fell in love with this country and it's been like my go to place. This is where I, you know, I explore my creativity. This is where my soul blossoms. And now during COVID times, I was so happy to be able to return back here and be spending this time, you know, um, here in Mexico is becoming such a great destination for digital nomads, which I consider myself to be um, to be as well.
0: Oh, nice. That sounds beautiful. I always wanted to, or plan to see Mexico one day. It's a little far from me here in Spain, um, but I do look forward to seeing it one day. And hopefully my Spanish will be even better once I get there.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: Okay, one of the wanna...
1: best decisions I've ever made is actually learning Spanish, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's it's. Um, I find it quite difficult to learn, but it's more, I haven't put in the volume of effort Uh, that would make me learn it but languages has always been something that I've never just caught on with but I know enough to get by enough to shop enough to be polite (laughs) and uh, I'm still learning yeah well what I'd like to know is I'd like to go back a little bit can you just like tell me about paint a picture of your childhood what was life like for you pre-10 years old where did you grow up what was your parents like
1: so nothing really special. I love going to school, loved reading, loved my, my mother's a big reader. My father was mostly traveling, being just out and about. And um, yeah, and so I have also siblings. I grew up just playing with my my brother and my sister. I grew up in a village and very kind of sheltered life, I would say. Um, I'm just busy being out in the nature a lot, but also in, in winter is just spending time in, indoors and inventing stories and drawing and painting, exploring um, my creativity, which uh, fortunately, unfortunately, at some point I kind of like um, gave, gave up on. And I started studying economic science and just going into this whole business world. And now I'm kind of like on this journey of, of finding back to my roots, I would say, and exploring my creativity again and um just embracing it because uh, eventually my choices of of kind of like starving my creativity have led me to to depression and and led me to all kinds of dark places which creativity again helped me to get out
0: oh nice very interesting can I just ask where, where did you grow up what country are you from
1: so i'm from originally from germany and oh, okay. um, yeah so, so it's really
0: interesting like i i think i suffered a lot and i share on my on the podcast, a lot about I had a depression for a very long time, and I do think a major part of depression is when we suppress our creativity, when we're not being the creators we are. You know, and you're being something you're like almost creating something you're not, and that causes such friction and discomfort. Uh, you're going against well, it, your, yourself,
1: it's this whole battle of being against doing, I would say. Um, Uh, Now I I coach around mind and brain power and just increasing intelligence and such. And one of the things that I find very, very powerful is actually helping my clients to understand and drive it home home for them, that we were made incredibly, incredible. We were amazing. We are amazing. And if you last time, you know, remember the last time you held a baby in your arms, that baby doesn't have to do anything. They're just such a gift from God, from the universe. And so perfect. So Amazing. Then you know, we get we buy into this idea that there's that being amazing is not enough, there is something else we need to do to become perfect. And it's we we turn to toward this life of doing, 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 catching up. And somebody eventually down the road will tell us that we are perfect, and here's a good grade, and here is you've been a good girl been a good boy and such and we tr- just try to catch chase that carrot all the time of there's something we need to do something we need to do and that's something that i definitely bought into i i was fried my brain several times chasing that like be trying to be the best in class and be best at the university and studying more and pursuing that career it left me actually um, well the good thing is I traveled all over the world and I experienced Asia and Australia and and uh, you know North South America all those places eventually and it's been an exciting journey but it definitely wasn't be- I wasn't doing it because I was being that and I wanted to travel and experience it it was more because I was Well, to succeed, I needed to do all those different things. And that's what eventually led me to depression is A, literally burning myself out many, many times. B, is not being comfortable of being alone with myself even for five minutes. So I kept myself very, very busy because I was afraid of all the skeletons in my closet And then, of course, uh, C is actually reaching that point. Okay, I've been chasing that carrot and people promised me if I get that degree, I'm going to be happy. If I get that job, I'm going to be happy. If I start making that money, I'm going to be happy. And I wasn't happy still. So it's kind of like awakening to this whole reality. Okay, like somebody is lying to me here and I have to, to do something. And luckily for me, I always had friends or people around me that were happy, that were much more bubbly and joyful and such. And I was like, okay, I don't accept that this is the way I was born. This is how it always will be for me. That was my whole awakening where I started, okay, wait a minute. I can become like them. What the hell do I need to do to become like them? And this led me in in, in this whole inner journey and exploring my inner, inner world, all the, all the things I didn't want to look at before. And I was afraid of spending even five minutes with that reality. And then Realizing this is my safety boat.
0: Yeah, interesting. Would you would you say um, that's like what comes to mind when I say your first struggle in life? What was it? Depression? What was your first, let's like you say, trying to reach certain expectations?
1: Well, I would say the big awakening came for me really when I came to Mexico. Just stepping out, um, you know, the, this, uh, of a certain bubble um, that I grew up with, and, and moving to this country where people are happy and friendly, and they're hugging you and kissing you, and me just being like an icicle almost in the beginning. It's it's kind of like why why are people so friendly? Why are people hugging me and kissing me? Like what's wrong with them? And just realizing, wow, the world is different. Elsewhere, it's It was really the first time for me leaving and going to somewhere else where, I, you know, people are different. And that's why I love coming here because it really changed me. It really changed me coming here and slowly but surely I became less rigid, you know, like you're too late, you know, you came on time, you're too late. Everybody's late here and just like building that flexibility into myself and opening myself up a bit more and being less Less hard on myself, less strict because I, I was just coming out of two years of university by that time, you know. And um, when I came here, I was so hard on myself, you know. I was really driven, and uh, everything had to happen like now. And then I came here, and people are just like, whatever, let's drink, drink uh, beer, you know, <laughs> mm. or just let's let's just have a tackle. Like, why are you taking life so serious? And I, I started realizing. There, of course, there was there were a few years of this this reality clashing with me a bit, but in the end, that fun loving version of me actually won. And I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have my Mexican friends and just being here. And this I built in, built that in, and that's what made me less of a rigid person eventually, and helped me open up.
0: Yeah, interesting, like something similar um, happened to me in perspective when I I went to India, uh, it was over 10, 15 years ago now, and when I went there I was going battling depression and lots of problems and I always saw it as my external environment, everything that I was suffering and the traumas I was going through back home and had been brought up in were the reasons I felt so bad. And I was like, anyone in this position, if they had what I had would feel bad. It's normal. It's okay to feel so terrible. Um, and then when I was in India and I saw kids on the street, limbless or just in absolute poverty, and they had the biggest smiles on their face. I saw more smiles than I've ever seen. And then I was thinking about myself. I was like, how are they smiling? How can they? And it really just, it didn't instantly shift and my depression was gone, but it gave me a perception that maybe mm. it's not, everything you need to achieve everything you need to do and get that's going to give you that feeling that you're chasing and at the end of the day I think we're all chasing feelings and similar to what you were saying earlier for me and in the later years it was really realizing the expectations and I think similar to what you said I had this sort of internal dictator who was very very uh, ambitious and wanted me driven and to get things and to do things but did it with a whip not with a carrot. It wasn't like a, a pull in loving motivation. It was like a hard, cold, bullying mentality and only spending time alone did I realize I wanted to kick that inner voice out the room. You know, I was like, wait a minute, who who is this? This is a horrible person, the way I'm talking to myself and I'm bullying and beating myself. But what point did you go through because it sounds similar if that's how it was for you, what point did you sort of take that time to be alone? Um, and how did you push through that? How did you Change that in a voice.
1: So for me, I would say it happened like March seven years ago, and I had insomnia for three weeks. And I was on top of the world. I had I had um, a job, and you know, I was living in Singapore at that time, almost five years into living in Singapore. And that's when I, I, um, I started realizing like something is just not right because the more I achieve, the more depressed I get. And so I had this insomnia for three weeks, unexplained. Nothing was really horrible happening in my life. No reason whatsoever. And that's when I woke up one day and I just had this like clear thought, like intuition, call it whatever you want. But it was such a clear thought and I got to learn meditation. And I was like, okay, what is this thing meditation? And why do I have this thought suddenly that I have to learn it? You know, I wasn't very spiritual. I was, I'm not believing in anything and everything. I'd never had any experiences. This was not my world. I, I consider myself being very, very practical. And now actually like pursuing my spirituality for the last seven years and finding back to myself, I do see why the things had to be the, the way, why I had to suppress my my, um, my, my intuitive side, my creative side for such a long time. I had to become really practical because life is not just love and butterflies. Uh, as I'm busy, busy working for myself now for the last four and a half years, busy building my business. All that corporate experience, all that educational background is definitely what's, what's helping me now. But at the same time, I'm, I'm combining my beingness and my doing this uh, as I'm, as I'm pursuing my business with joy and passion that I never had before. So when I actually turned up for my very, very first meditation class and started meditating and started feeling shifts and how my mind was calming down, I, I, I became hooked. And I always say we are the most interesting book we will ever read. And I was afraid of reading my own book. Right, for a long, long time. I was reading all kinds of other books to keep myself busy, but never never myself. And so when I started meditating and exploring my own world, like what you said, those hurts and pains, and it's not about marginalizing it at all. Oh, there is a poor person on the street, they're far worse off than I. Well, my pain is just as justified as their pain, right? And it's not about marginalizing it, but it gives us perspective, definitely. But it's about okay, what story does this pain? have, what does it want to tell me, in what way my boundaries were transpassed and what way I was hurt, in what way something was done to me that was not okay with me, because that pain is often is the pain of the soul itself, more than anything, and if you think about it, like, I'm very attuned to my energies now, like, I feel everything that's happening to me energetically, one thing that I realized, actually... It only hurts when it's in the heart. If there, usually we have those negative energies sitting in us, and maybe it's rage in the shoulder, and maybe it's um, you know some sort of a disappointment in a in in the kidneys. But actually, that energy only hurts when it's in the heart. So the more we heal our heart, the more depression goes away. The more that. In a pain goes away. And usually those heart pains, aches, they are the tricky ones because usually they have much to do with people we loved, especially in childhood parents that are the gods of our world when we're children. But then when we grow up, um, all those hurts and pains stay. We just don't know the story anymore. We just have the pain, but we don't know exactly why, what's the story. And most people don't, don't take the time to actually sit down and, and examine it. And they just go through life, you know, binge watching or numbing themselves through food, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. And But the only way um, to heal is actually to go through the pain. It seems like a skeleton, like an elephant in a closet. But actually, when you look at it deeply, it's just a mouse, nothing that's going to destroy us.
0: Yeah, and it just takes that time, like you said, to gain, gain some awareness and perspective and actually look at it and feel it and realize where it is and it was interesting you said heart um, because to me the heart that's uh, on my website it, my main title I have put at the, uh, at the title was home is where the heart beats because for me it was always I never felt at home I moved around a lot when I was a child and I didn't feel like anywhere was home and it took a long time for me to realize the home feeling that I'm looking for was actually within the whole time no matter where I am no matter what's going on I am at home because I am the home that I live in. Like I say, yes. gaining their perceptions.
1: And, you know, being a traveler is actually often a blessing. And that's what we see now happening in the world. Like people are drawing lines. This is my home. This is my country. I'm going to defend it and such. And, and it divides people. Whereas I think that's the, the trend where the world is heading. People are traveling more and more. And, you know, like you in Spain, I'm in Mexico. And we are having this conversation. We're realizing you're just as human as me. Right. And that's what what COVID has helped us a lot is actually it helped breaking down those barriers because people are suddenly talking on Zoom to people they would have never spoken before, you know, and suddenly you have somebody from Timbuktu in your living room and talking to, to that person. And for a long time, like for the last 16 years or so, I've been like here and there, never really having, I'm just living out of my suitcase pretty much never really settling down anywhere for long. And there is that regret a bit. Oh, everybody has a home. Everybody has a home that they call home. Everybody has a place they go back to. And I don't have that. Well, I do go go back to Germany and I'm staying with my family then. But I know I'm just transiting. It's not, I'm not going to stay long. But on the other hand, the opportunity that's given me to actually be at home anywhere and everywhere with everybody and making friends and be, you know... People all over the world, and at the same, seeing the lifestyles. I think there are there are just those people that's that's their um, that's their journey in life is actually connecting worldwide people that otherwise don't have a desire to travel.
0: Yeah, and for me it was similar with like what you're saying with what's happened with people being able to connect. Like years ago, I had only till recently, last couple of years, did I start a YouTube channel and I signed up to like Facebook this year. And I just started, like I'm I was slowly opening up things I never thought I would use because I had no interest. At, but I felt like I had nothing to share. I didn't want people to come into the darkness that I was in. You know, and there's a lot of time of not connecting. But now it's just such a beautiful experience, like to connect with you in an instant, you know you someone across the world or to go online and be able to just express to someone anywhere something that's coming from your heart and it's um, it's a beautiful thing and a beautiful place in time that we are right now with the technology and like everything has its polarizations it can be used wrong but there's a, an abundance of good that can be used from it as well
1: for sure and i'm i'm a big believer in in humanity and you know and and working on ourselves and, and contributing whatever we can of yeah. to the world and that's what creativity is all about to me it's like going back to basics, going back to your roots, going back to your own sunshine that, that we are, our own amazingness, and living life out of that space. And it cannot, you know, it cannot help but be infectious. You know, you cannot help us be, be magnetic to people, and people get attracted by that. I think the majority of the people, I would say, not the majority, but a lot of people on this planet, they really get attracted to the light now more than the darkness. And, um, being that light, that dim light in your own community, in your own world. And that's, that's more than enough. And working as much as you can on yourself because you can't really change anybody but you can inspire and that's what i see myself as as being an inspiration all my traveling i'm inspiring and i use definitely social media my instagram my facebook i post my travel pictures you barely see pictures of me there but you see a lot of pictures of all the places that i visit and so many people get inspired to, to actually give themselves another chance Of not just subscribing to the corporate world and pursuing money pursuing careers but actually there is much more and it's not about doing it's actually about being going back to your own beingness and living your life from that space and the more i live from that space the more i give permission to other people to do the same
0: yeah and for people listening if they and after the podcast not right now if they want to go check your instagram out what's what's your what what is your instagram
1: so it's rena.smart.rebel. Okay. And um yeah, it's it's smart and rebel. It's about just generally believing that we're all smart in our unique way. We have all our unique brand of intelligence and we don't have to subscribe to other people's views on what intelligence is. We can create our own brand of intelligence and all of us are unique and credible. And amazing. And whatever it is that you choose to do to contribute to humanity, to the tapestry of life, do it. And also rebel. It's not about rebelling against governments and and going on the streets. I mean, those people who choose to do it, they can. But uh, for me, the rebellion starts within and as you mentioned, a lot of, uh, you know, in our childhood, we get conditioned in so many ways toward negativity. We just arrive here and already we, we we end up in some toxic environments and we get programmed and conditioned into certain way of thinking and believing. And one of the f- things that I've, I've done really in the last seven years, ever since I decided, okay, my depression, I have to do something about it. And I realized a lot of the thoughts, energies, beliefs I had, emotions I had, they weren't even mine. So the enemy was already within. And to me, rebellion, it starts within. It's rebelling against, like, really learning to think. And that's what a lot of what I do is all about, is educating people about the fact that, you know, most of the thoughts, emotions that are within you, they aren't even yours. Somebody dumped them there. Most of us don't even think we like surrendering and our thinking to somebody else, priests, parents, governments. and um, because we think they can make better decisions than us. But I guarantee you if you surrender your thinking to somebody else, they'll not make decisions in your favor. And that's why the world is the way it is and that's why often we end up depressed because we trust people that maybe they' will they know better than us, but actually they, they don't. Often they leave us, leave us more hurt. And, disappointed. and by rebelling against what's within, it actually forces you to start thinking, truly thinking, making decisions, analyzing, observing, and traveling helps with us. You know, when you travel to that country, are you sure these, these are the bad guys? There are bad guys and good guys everywhere. So you don't subscribe anymore to the official um, media, um, you know, story because you just realize, okay, you know, I've been to that country. What you're saying is not what I saw. Right. And, um, and it's about freeing ourselves up and more and more from all that emotional blackmail that is happening in the world and um, achieving those states of absolute freedom that Buddhism, for instance, talks, talks about. And that's, that's what my Instagram is all about. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Rina Lang, LinkedIn, same. And um, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. I really resonate with so much of what you're saying. And because um, that's something that I, again, the process that I went through was detaching from the identity of my mind and, and my body, you know, realizing that there's something I own and I need to take care of them, but they're not me. My thoughts aren't me. My body's not me. And like you said, the the mind, what we accumulate within it's just heaps of impressions of every single experience and interaction. And a lot of times people, judge themselves and put so many judgments and expectations that they form a character and an identity that they think will give them the feeling the acceptance the place based on all of that um and like you said and it's going internal for me that's what works was going internal and really working on like self-love practices is what really worked for me uh and it was a a big path of ups and downs at the beginning and i share that with people on my youtube how what i did and why i did it and what it felt like because It wasn't always a pleasant experience it was like a roller coaster of emotions going through it and realizing that you you weren't in love with yourself and you didn't love yourself internally uh, going through that and um it didn't get consistent for me until I started actual unconditional self-love practices and loving myself unconditionally. And then the expectations and the judgments just disappeared. Was there a process uh, within your experience that was to do with that self-love, and did you find it? How Like, did you find it up and down, or an instant transition for yourself?
1: No, definitely not. So I have actually a story about that that I would like to share. So when I um, started meditating and such, I came across. Um, um, a couple that were doing a, a technique called releasing and you can find them under the power of releasing um, a website, High and Selena. They actually just moved to Mexico um, recently. And um, so there is this technique that they were doing. It's all about releasing, releasing, releasing all the choices, decisions, energies within your energy body and such Not you, like what you mentioned, thoughts, emotions that are not you. And I went with them. I was on a retreat with them five years ago in malaysia and somehow it ended up being a whole retreat about self-love and we were releasing a lot around self-love and healing the heart and such and after those four days i still had no concept of what self-love is i know the bible says love yourself um as you love your neighbor so at first you love yourself and then you love the neighbor and um i asked a uh, high can you like, can you please explain to me what self-love is? And I've never forgotten what he shared. And I find it so inspirational. And he said, Well, remember the time when you held a newborn baby in your arms? Again, what I was saying before, how amazing and how perfect that, that baby was. And I have three nephews, so I, I, I was easily able to connect with that and how perfect they are. And there's just this unconditional love. You just love them as you're holding them in your, in your arms. And so, self-love is when you actually are able to feel the same for yourself. Just imagine you were also that perfect when you when you came here, just that perfect being, amazing being, and there was nothing you needed to do. And you are still that. You are still that. Nothing has changed. Yes, there've been layers, like an onion, layers and layers of negativity put on you, and you bought into the belief that this is who you are. But actually, it's not. And so, basically, if when I'm able to feel the same feeling like I felt for my nephews, that's when I knew I was there. And probably two years passed since that um, retreat. And it kind of like was always at the back of my mind. And I will never forget when I stood one day just before the mirror. And in the past, whenever I looked at myself in the mirror, all I saw, you know how they say, eyes are the gateway to the soul. All I saw was just this like scary, afraid small being looking back at me. And I'm like, I would sometimes look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Like, what happened to you that there is like a scary little rabbit inside of me? You know, Mm -hmm. then after doing all that healing work, work my journey and such, there was one day when I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, oh my God, I'm so amazing. I just love myself so much. I was like, I kept looking at myself and I was just amazed by, by this creation, by who I am. Like I'm, I, I breathe, I exist, I I'm here, and I'm this incredible, and I'm so brave, you know, to be here, and I felt just so much love for myself. I could have kissed myself. I would I, I would say it's not like this hedonistic way of love, not at all. It's just one. This is when I I walk, I walk to my real true being, which is just this like divine miracle. Uh, what whichever way you want to call it is i i i I like words to describe it but that's when i knew i got there this is self-love to me and that's been my kind of like perspective ever since for the last couple of years is that my true self is so firmly anchored in that beautiful being that i am and i know that this is me that whatever happens to me throughout the day well yeah I, i screwed up it's okay Isn't it amazing how incredible I can screw up and make mistakes? Well, what can I learn from it? And the whole experience of life changes. It's no longer about you know beating yourself up, making mistakes, survival, survival, surviving. You are like that leaf in the ocean and somebody else gets to decide which way you go and you have no power whatsoever. And that's how I felt. That's why I was depressed because I felt so disempowered. But then suddenly I realized, no, I'm actually... A boat in the ocean, yes, the weather can get stormy, but I have a plan. I have a destination and I'm not going to sink. And all that is happening to me is adding value to me. It's happening for me. And I'm creating every single day my experiences. And life is just getting better and better. And it's about checking in every single day. Okay, what are the lessons of today? What did I learn Okay, there was this situation. What can I learn from it? It's all about being on top of the game, your game, and it's it's no longer being like at a loss.
0: Yeah, I resonate with that, and like you said, it's real. Um, it's it's really hard to explain, uh, like the sensation when it's been. Because I I believe, like you said with the child thing, that everyone's born fueled. The the nourishment in the first especially year of life is pure unconditional love from the parents. Otherwise, they won't survive. And um, we go through processes and things that happen and experiences that make us forget, say, that nourishment and that feeling. And then later in life, you'll have a conversation with someone and you're trying to explain it to them. And it's a bit like trying to explain the taste of chocolate if no one's ever had chocolate before. And you're trying to explain it to them And you can go through the textures and you can try and say things, but unless you taste it, it's a very hard concept to grasp. And it takes time and awareness. I think, like you said, the meditation, time alone to just witness and feel and really get into your feelings. Like people these days are very intellectual and they use a lot of their intellect. And sometimes that can start to harm them because they've sort of detached from their feelings and they don't feel that process. At which point did you... Like you said you do that for your business now as you're helping people with this sort of journey. am I correct? and at which point did that start?
1: Yeah, so definitely because we are entering, whether we want it or not, um, humanity is entering in entering the mental age. Mind hacking, brain hacking is the next thing thing. but you cannot jump the gun. You re- really need to go through the cleaning emotional body cleaning process. For a long, long time, we were developing, as humanity, we were developing the physical body. We were like Homo sapiens, right? When we started out, there wasn't much emotion. It was very physical, survival, procreation and such. For the last many, many, many thousands of years, humanity was polarized very much in the emotional body. And a lot of people really still are. And that's why I say most people on this planet, they don't really think. They think they think, but no, it's just emotional reaction, reacting out of the solar plexus and such. And that's why we have so much gossip and so much war and so much emotional drama happening on this planet because most people are polarized in the emotional body. Now, small portion of humanity, they're transitioning now into the mental body, which is uh, the next evolutional step. And it's not a bad thing at all. It's just that it's, it's not about um, polarizing so much in the mental body that you actually you know kind of like sweep the emotions under the carpet they're still gonna come and hunt you eventually they still pop up as a as issues as trouble as illnesses more than anything most of our ailments there have actually their source in the emotional body suppressed emotional world and that's how I was I was definitely I was pushing myself so hard mentally most of my life and studying hard and all that because I was so afraid of actually looking at my emotional world and all the as mentioned, all the um, skeletons there because it was just too painful. But actually, the, when you start cleaning your emotional body and there are all kinds of techniques, meditation is one of them. Just doing, for instance, the technique that Romana Maharshi popularized about who am I? You just meditate on that one question, who am I? And you just keep asking yourself and keep asking yourself. And I, I read his biography about six months ago, and I started practicing with this technique. And one of the realizations that I had, that's why I'm such a big fan of this technique, is because there is no answer to that question, no answer that we would actually truly comprehend at this stage of our evolution of who we are. But that question shows us who we are not. It creates the space between, like what you said, I'm not thoughts, I'm not emotions, I'm not my body, I'm not my problems, I'm not... this this person that that I'm called now. It gives you that, that space and place to see, okay, there is that eternal observer and this is who I am. Everything else is not me. And as you keep meditating on this question, more and more space will be created. And eventually that part of you, which is the consciousness, pure consciousness, you, some call it soul, whichever way you want to, you want to call it. It starts disentangling itself from the entanglement with the physical body, with the emotional body, with the mental body. And you start creating that place and space of reflection, which is pure calmness. And the more you clean up your emotional body, this is something that, for instance, um, you can do in the Vipassana retreat, right? Vipassana retreats are everywhere on this planet. They're free. So. Join one of those. That's when you will get a good opportunity to actually have a really, really good look at what, what's in your energy body. And it's, it will help you also create that space between that eternal observer, that observer that is, that is in peace and is not um, entangled at all in, into the, all that drama. And when you start living from that place and space, you will understand better like people who are spiritually very, very advanced who are on this planet, why they're able to go through really horrible um, situations and still keep their peace, love, compassion, because they're actually living from that space that is eternal and they know they'll never die. They don't really get injured, right? And this is where we ultimately want to get. And to me, this is what I, I was asking the one, one thing of the universe, can I please be happy? And I asked that for about four years. Uh, sorry, no more, maybe six years. But for the last one year, the only thing I ask is actually freedom. And to me, freedom means emotional, mental, physical freedom. No thought will unravel me. No emotion is going to destroy my day. Nobody has power over me to influence how I think, how I feel. And that's what I'm after. And it requires cleaning up, energetic cleanup. And there are many, many schools out there. If this is something that you're interested in, there are many, many energy healing schools, and uh, that you can join and learn from, or hire somebody to help you. Um, also, you feel free to join my YouTube channel, where I talk a lot about the mind, the brain, and emotions, how it all plays in, the role of creativity, the role of intuition, and such, and how we can unlock and unleash greater, greater abilities of the mind. But it can only work when the emotions are healed. It can only work when you have a healthy body. When you start paying, start paying attention to it. These are vehicles that the consciousness uses, but all of them are important and they need to be taken care of because if they don't, they'll drag you down.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Is aligned, you can start opening up to your true, your 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 yourself to your true genius we're all geniuses whatever Einstein was able to do we can do that's why these people are being born you know to show us that there's more that we can do with our minds and it's not about winning the golden lottery or anything it's about aspiring to do the same and yeah. that's what's the beauty about it because it's no longer about what the hell is happening in the world what what our politicians are doing it's really all about well I'm the most interesting book I'll ever read. Let's create something incredible with what life is giving me with all disabilities. There is so much I can do to increase my, my intellectual abilities, my spiritual abilities, my insights, my, my comprehension of the world. And, um, you know, start exploring consciousness, the universe and such. And um, that's a beautiful, beautiful place to arrive. I would say. Because nothing is, there There are no limits anymore. There's pure freedom and it's all about creating and experiencing our creations.
0: Yeah, and like you said, I love how you said realizing life, like, so life's happening for you, not to you. And if you can get to a point where you can see all your sufferings and all your good moments and just realize they're all... Uh, unique abilities that have served you a gift, and some gifts are just wrapped in really tough wrapping paper, and they may take a while to open. But if you can make them useful, it's a bit like when you said cleaning. I think a metaphor I used with someone else was talking about like cleaning a cup, cleaning a glass. Like your glass might be full of all gunky water, and sometimes if you sit just in like meditation, yeah, that gunk settles to the bottom. But there's other practices, there's other things that need to be done to actually get rid of that gunk, uh, and then it comes into now you need to fill your cup. Now you need to. Get the fulfillment. And I think that's what a lot of people are looking for. Now, lots of people are doing cleaning practices, um, but they're not f- feeling c- fulfilled. They're not feeling that fulfillment. And to me, fulfillment comes from serving others with whatever unique gift you were served in your life experiences the good and the bad. Um, mm-hmm. Do you find a sense of fulfillment when you're serving others in this way through what you do?
1: Well, there are two things that I would like to say about that. First, I would say before you start helping others, help yourself first. Somebody who is thinking cannot really help others. Many people aspire for that big project, that that sign from the universe, this is what you were made for and this is how you're going to change the world. Remember what I said before, for a long time, the only thing I was asking was actually to be happy. And I didn't care about other people. All I cared was about my happiness. And that's what led me also toward realizing self-love. I explain this a lot to my to my clients as well. Are you a tent or are you a tree? That's the question. Because many people that come to me, they're tents. They're crying their eyes out. They're like, as soon as you put a little bit more responsibility on them, they actually fold. And what, whatever you have inside of you, when another person comes and has the same issue, you're gonna be crying your eyes out, and it's gonna take you a, down the, the, the depression lane. And that's what I did. I knew I cannot handle responsibility for, for serving, um, you know, serving other people until and unless I wasn't okay. You know how you save yourself first, right? On the plane, yeah. on the boat, first you save yourself. And that's what I was realizing intuitively that I was no already. A, I was selfish. That was part of my depression too because people – often very depressed they're actually often very very hung up on themselves and they're not very caring and helping their heart is still very close and that was for me definitely the case like seven years ago if you asked me I would have said I don't even love my own mother because I didn't have any concept of love at all it, my clo- my heart was so close and that's what why I was asking can I just please be happy that led me toward my the, uh, you know um self-love and healing myself and slowly but surely you know um Five, five years down the road then, there was one day when I woke up and I just had a clear vision about what is it that I'm gonna do to help the world, to help community, to help other people, what I'm a gift and how I can help people. And that's when I became a tree. I became a tree, which means people can come to me and they cry their, their eyes out, they share with me their burdens and such. And I take them through all kinds of healing techniques and such. But at the end of the session, I'm like a duck. I just shake it off. It doesn't hurt me anymore because there is nothing within me that resonates with that energy anymore. Suffering is A, when we fight what is, and suffering is also when we – it's like glue. If I have the same brand of suffering and you have that same brand of suffering – then we're going to resonate and I'm going to be hurting because that energy is already in me. But if there is no energy anymore, yes, your story is similar to mine, but I've actually resolved that thing. Nothing is hurting in me, which means when I hang up, even if I I sometimes also cry with my clients and such, and I get emotional and stuff because I feel their emotions because I'm so attuned, like an empath, right? Attuned to other people's emotions. But when I hang up, I'm, I'm happy and I'm going back to my normal state of I call myself the happiest woman or the happiest person I know and it's really true. but it's it's something that I can say about myself after years and years of healing and cleaning and and often it feels like there is no end to it. You just keep scrapping one layer and another layer and sometimes you feel like giving up. And I, I, there A, there is no way of stopping. Once you entered that path of healing yourself, you know there is no going going back. But there are days where you're like, oh, my God, like, where is that red pill, blue pill? What can I take like to fix this, you know? But there is just nothing. It's just really like rolling up your sleeve and diving in, diving in, diving in and pulling more and pulling more and pulling more. But eventually, I mean, now it's been, what, seven years for me. Eventually, there will be that day where you will see, oh, my God, I'm the happiest person I know. And it was all worth it. And seven years, all things considered, is not that much.
0: Yeah, no, that's exactly my last guest, actually. She was a really interesting story. She was a, she'd been a hardcore drug addict for 25 years from, four, from 14 years old on heroin, crack, meth, every drug sort of possible, um, and multiple suicide attempts to a complete transformed person. And interestingly, it was the time period, like she said, oh, it took a long time. It took like a couple of years of real ups and downs. And it's like a couple of years compared to 25 years. It's not a long time. The immense ability, like you said, with the humans, like how amazing we are is you can have things that have accumulated over a large amount of time and they can unravel and disappear in a short amount of time. And at some moments, that time, again, is a perception can seem long. But when you look back, you go, wow, that was quick. That was fast.
1: Yes. And, you know, because of what I've gone through, of course, your story is much more horrible than mine, but just like just the depression and everything that I've gone through. And this is a place that I will never, ever, ever go back to again. And that's why I'm so persistent about healing myself because I hit rock, rock bottom. And that's when real transformations happen often for people when they hit rock bottom and it's, I, I, I almost say, I call it like going into the trenches and coming out with fire, right? You need to have gone into the trenches yourself, experience what's like, so that you can actually resonate with people. But also, that's like fire under under my my butt, if you want to call it that way. That's been my drive. It's like I know what it's like on the other side, and I'm never ever going back again. And so, if you're going through struggles right now, if this is something that you you really feel like you're hitting rock bottom. That's gonna be the driving force that will get you out. So eventually, yeah. one day you will see it as the greatest blessing that could have ever happened, because that's what makes you interesting, unique. You have a story. That's what connects people to you. Because you, if you just say, "Well, I'm I, somebody," spent all my life on the beach and everything was great. Well, people will not probably really resonate with you if you're trying to be someone who, like an inspirational speaker, right? I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, giving your, your children a hard life so that they can become inspirational in the future. But it's just that's what, what often is where the passion comes from. You know, my passion definitely is based on years and years of depression
0: yeah and i think like you i think you mentioned in the beginning and it's not a judgment on other people's sufferings like each person's unique and something that may seem trivial to someone else in in a suffering might be the biggest suffering they've ever experienced and that will be where they find a gift that will be where they find a uniqueness in their life and in their experience and i think i see a lot of people that just have not a lot of self-empowerment uh, they don't really it's a bit like you're saying again just you want to tell people how amazing they are is they underestimate themselves and I see that's technology these days like people think they because they've got a thing called a smartphone and it can do things that maybe they can't you can use a calculator or make and do maths that you can't do but what your body what your intelligence within what your mind what all these things are actually doing the fact that you eat uh, and you don't have to think about the process of digesting the food. You you have faith that it's going to go through and it does what it needs to do. What's waste comes out as waste and what's nutrition will be used as nutrition. And that's intelligent. No, the so-called in- most intelligent person in the world also has to eat, but they couldn't comprehend the vastness, the complexity, the actual intelligence that you have and we all have. And like I said, I think that's a core to the empowerment. That people really just need to empower themselves with how amazing, how intelligent and beautiful and unique they are
1: yes and there is a there is a very very important important mind shift that people need to make there and i've been guilty of that myself and only i made that shift made in the last four or six months so it's something very very recent for me i was so polarized in my negativity despite being the happiest person i know i still was focusing too much on all the things i didn't like about myself and i wanted to get rid of I was building my character, all the character flows that I was seeing that actually I was not paying much attention to bringing in the good stuff, building in the good qualities. I was just so hung up on this. I don't like that. I don't like, and this needs to change. And and it was still, it helped me get where I, I am. But in the last four or six months, I've made a big, big shift. A big realization is that once you let go of something, bring something in as well. And like the good qualities like the um the abilities and such and and really balancing it out and now my, my perspective is more on the on the on the positive side of things. and perhaps this is like a, a bit strange to many people depending on whether you believe in past lives and such and whether reincarnation is a concept that you're familiar with. but basically the idea is that, you know, this is not the first time we're existing, and th- we've learned a lot of good things in in the past that are all available to us, and we can all all start pulling in those qualities that we want. We don't have to learn things from from scratch. You know, from um, I knew again. There are a lot a lot of energies that are available to us, and we can easily access that um, are kind of like learned abilities from the past. Like if you're struggling with public speaking. Then just perceive: Was there a time in your the entire existence of uh, in your entire existence with this life, past lives, where you were actually a great public speaker? Perceive that energy, bring it closer, and and install it if you if you want to call it this way in in your own system. And you might be surprised what shifts it might create. So it's not just about releasing. I release that negativity. But actually, okay, I'm going to bring in that energetic quality that I'm lacking. And that might make your life so much easier. It's it's not just about the negativity. It's about positive things. They're also out there. They're available as an energy. They're available as a thought form. They're available as an emotion. Can I bring that emotion in? You don't have to kind of like generate and learn it. and It doesn't have to be like homegrown right now, right here. It can be actually brought in, installed and, and perceived and made part of you to fill up that space that you're freeing up. Because consciousness is an incredible, incredible um, energy field that has many, many qualities. How many of those qualities are we actually tapping into is the way for us to access more.
0: Yeah, and definitely with you saying like the the letting things out and making sure you're bringing things in like a big part of my process and what I do daily now um, throughout the day is a lot of breath work and just like you said with the breath your breath only works if you breathe out and you breathe in and they're not the same so you, like for me I set lots of intentions I feel like I what my feeling is is I'm only intentions I'm the witness um and I can set intentions and that's all I can do and the rest falls into place and I get to witness that so I set my intentions on every inhale when I breathe in that I'm absorbing that abundance of that life that I'm connected to, that energy that I'm connected to, the love that I'm connected to, all the best feelings that I could ever imagine. I'm already connected and have them, and I can breathe them in and charge myself back up as I breathe out everything I don't need, everything that's just like what's in your lungs that you don't need literally physically, I breathe that. You breathe that out without realizing subconsciously, you breathe in, you breathe out, and you're letting out what you don't need, breathing in what you do. I just set intentions strongly, when I'm also doing that process and different techniques with breath work, do you do any breath work? Like to me, it's been such a
1: yeah. I do process. balancing breathings and such. I do some breath work, and um, yeah, it's it's a very very good technique to charge your body. But um, it's a good point. I used to do that as well in the past. Always breathe breathe out what you don't need. I think it's a very Buddhist practice, and then bringing in what you need and don't expect like miracles that from one day day to another you're going to be more loving and such it takes time it takes time but persist continue and results are going to be there
0: yeah consistency is definitely key like i said if you set yourself on expectations they're always something you're chasing you're living in the future expectations are in the future and you're not you lose the moment that you're actually in and the feeling's there it's there in that moment but if you set the expectations constantly too strong, you're going to be chasing that. Like you said, you're living in the future and tracing something to come, a feeling to come. Um, and uh, one thing I wanted to, because you said the words a few times, and it's I've discussed this with a few people, because I just happen to get a lot of people that come on my podcast that are on a, a path. And one word that I'm trying to rewire and think of the best word for it, but I really don't like the word of healing. I don't like healing. I don't like self-healing, because I think to me, it takes away the how great you are right now that you you're amazing you're fantastic you're beautiful right now and you don't need healing but you're on a path where you can grow and expand and develop and that's a choice you can make but there's you're not broken you're not damaged is there is that does that resonate with you
1: the thing is this um we are energy right we are energy this body is energy everything is energy and energy can be qualified, it can be qualified with good energies and it can be qualified or, or good perceptions, or it can be qualified with negative perceptions, right? And a lot of the, um, the energy that's going around on this planet is not very healthy, including food. It's just there is the low vibrational energy and there's the high vibrational energy. That's how I think. I think about everything in, in form of vibration, in form of sound, in form of energy. And the energy can be made to do something, right? And um, the same as with bodies. Our bodies, and there is an intelligence to that energy. There is an incredible intelligence to that energy. And the, the, the thing is this, when we you know, polarized in negativity. We vibrate low. low. I love people watching when I sit on bench. I love sitting on benches and watching people because their bodies tell me stories about, it's not about the physical body itself. It's about the contents of the energy field. And usually most people, they're so used to the energy that they're carrying. Sometimes when I touch people energetically, my arm feels like it's going to fall off and die. It's just so painful and we just get so numb to that pain that we don't feel it anymore. We don't experience it as a, such a painful thing, but our body still feels and it starts breaking down. Whether you like the word healing or not, people die sooner than they should, right? This, often bodies die way before that time. So something there energetically is happening to the physical body because there's something in the energy body itself that is qualified with very, very painful negative energies that are vibrating in the opposition to the energy of love, right? Many people subscribe to that idea, love is all there is, and the opposite of love is fear. And maybe this is true, maybe opposite of love is fear, because a lot of fear is going around in this world. Making us worry and regret and resent and make us sick, right? So, which is which is where energetically you don't really need heal energies, but you transform energy. So, in that in that um uh, on that point, I give you right. Uh, you know, you're, you're right in that sense that um, energies don't need to be healed, but they can be transformed to vibrate higher and be aligned more with our true essence, which is love and light, right? Very, very high vibrational energy. And for a long, long time, I would say we needed that humanity needed to lower itself very much in vibration to experience the physical plane. But now as humanity, we are on the upward trend. We are regressing, returning back to the light, which means that the vibration is rising. And that's, I don't look my age. I look way younger than my age. And I don't think in the last seven years, I changed much physically, but it's because I've been infusing my body, removing so much of the negative energy or low vibrational energy, if you want to call it. thought whatever was infused in me with negative thoughts, emotions that were not aligned with who I understand myself to be now, which is light and that amazing being that I saw in the mirror. And so by going back more and more to that high vibrational light, the body itself regenerates because I'm no longer swimming. And uh, just to kind of like uh, share maybe an experience, this was like maybe one and a half years ago. And I was in Tenerife in Spain, actually, as well. And I was really like so strict with my practice. And I was meditating a lot. And, you know, I was in this apartment by the ocean. The energy was really, really nice. And my, my sensitivity increased tremendously even more. And I started feeling my energy filled my aura. And it, it, it was just feeling like swimming in an oily tank, like full of shit, pretty much. It really felt like slimy and sleazy to me. And it went on for a couple of days. I actually had to close down my clairvoyance because I knew I could not live like this. But it was a quite an eye-opening experience to, after like six, seven years of meditating, still how um, not very clean my energy field was, That it felt so slimy to me. And so I kept meditating even more because only when I was meditating, I was feeling like, okay, now I'm flooded with light and I can actually handle it. But after a few days, I'm like, okay, I cannot be meditating. It's just making things worse because it makes me even more sensitive. I actually had to go and close down my, my clairvoyance. And then I, I was able to continue with my life. So basically what I'm trying to say is that the physical body, maybe our brain is not picking up on all that's going on in, with us energetically, but the body does. And that's why the body deteriorates, if you want to call it that way, because of all that energy that, is, that our tank contains so by meditating by transforming your energies by all that positive talk and bringing in positive qualities and such as you keep transforming the energies automatically your physical body recovers because it's such an incredible intelligent beautiful miraculous thing that we have at our disposal and um yeah so a lot of things can be turned around
0: yeah and it's to never underestimate yourself and your body and your mind like you say it's an immense amount of complexity and you could also say simplicity because it's just uh, it's just a higher state. And like you said, it's, it's such a beautiful um, to hear your story and your journey and your passion. Like you're so passionate about it and, and your life. And like you said, then that's the gift that you got from your sufferings that you transformed into the gifts you can serve others. So it's so beautiful to hear. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, look forward to I will be following and checking your YouTube out myself. I'll go and have a look at that and the encourage you to do the same.
1: Yeah. By the way, I just recently published my first ebook, so you can get it on wienalang.com uh, uh, slash ebook. So grab a copy. I talk a lot about the mind, the brain, the energies there as well. And yeah, I have a YouTube channel. Check it out as well. All the links are going to be in wienalang.com slash ebook.
0: Yeah, and I'll make sure the links in the description, so it'd be nice and easy for everyone to follow and go through. We just come into the end of the show, but I always finish with a few just simple, fun questions uh, that I ask the guests. All the same questions. Have you got time for them? Sure. Yeah. So the first question, if you had to choose one, cat or a dog? A dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And what's um? What's your favorite color? A green and or orange what excites you what gets you energized
1: writing my books i write children's books so that's like my cherry on the pie
0: oh nice my my second to last guest is a was an award winner she won like 75 international awards as a children's author it's fascinating to hear her story and stuff but if you're interested she talks a lot on her process and how she um all the tips and things she recommends for people that are authors for children books Yeah, nice. I would love to. Yeah. No, she was a lovely lady. Really, uh, really interesting just to hear because she never wanted to be an author. She works with uh, children with cognitive disorders and she made a book to help them learn and then ended up publishing it. And then everyone was saying, When's your second book? When's your second book? And now she's done 13 published books. (laughs)
1: Impressive.
0: And what 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 turns you off? What, What drives your energy down?
1: Negative people. Toxic people, gossipy people.
0: What sound or noise do you love?
1: I like calm music, ocean sounds. Yeah, ocean sounds calming down.
0: Oh, nice. I don't know if you can hear right now. Hopefully it's not too loud on the mic, but it's raining where I am. So I love the sound of rain. It's so relaxing and Lovely. refreshing. Yeah, what sound or noise do you not like so much?
1: Scratchy noise.
0: <laughs> Scratchy. Right? What do you love about yourself?
1: I love my enthusiasm and my ability to inspire people.
0: Nice. And what do you love to see in others?
1: Smile. Just seeing people smile and just be relaxed and joyful.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's nice. That was a big change for me. As I had to recondition myself to learn to smile for myself. Um, but I also saw the power energetically of someone with a smile that you can change their whole state. Like when you were saying witnessing people on a bench, if you can grab their attention for a second and smile and send them that energy and that that thing, you can see the whole everything just change about them in that instant. Whether they hold it or not, it's up to them. <laughs> but you do see it's such a powerful thing, just a simple smile. For sure. And what what do you love about animals? And this could be pets or just animals in nature, whatever you perceive as animals.
1: Strangely enough, I'm not a very big like animal fan i'm usually kind of like more staying away i'm observing them even though they love me so they always are near me and i just like that how they're like children right they're so unconditionally loving so so happy always to see you and except cats dogs are probably more happy there but just this like kind of like just living into the day and being in the
0: now yeah oh, nice and i actually have a uh five cats and a dog but i never planned on having them They went in- i ended up rescuing a cat and she got pregnant and then i kept all the kittens they're now three years old so i have five cats a whole cat family um and the dog that i never expected but it's just beautiful to watch and witness them but in yeah. a similar way i didn't i I love just witnessing animals in nature in their environment in their element uh There's i used special- to be a meat- yeah yeah i used to be a meat eater a long time ago and i always thought Oh, I would be hunting animals to eat because I always wanted to eat an animal as natural as possible. I didn't want it to be farmed. I didn't want it to be uh, living in a farm or caged or anything. So I was like, oh, one day I need to learn to hunt, to go hunting. And by the time I got to that point, I was in such a different place in my life. I was like, you know, I just love witnessing them. There's no instinct there to take its life. It's just to witness it in its beauty and in its, in its element. And they're such beautiful creatures. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear your story and I look forward to looking up and finding more about you and seeing what you do over the years and the people you inspire and touch.
1: Sure, thank you so much, Luke. I I really enjoyed your
0: questions. Uh, Thank you. And your show will be out on a Sunday. I release them at the same time every Sunday and I will be sure to send you the links and send you all the information nearer to the time. It won't be this Sunday, it's the Sunday after.
1: Perfect, sounds great. Okay, have a...
0: You do have a beautiful idea. Did you say it's evening for you now? Or no, early in the day? 12, early. Mid, midday. 12. Okay, so you've got a whole day ahead. Have a beautiful yeah. day. and Yeah,
1: yeah I'm heading to the weekend. this weekend. So it's
0: going to be oh, great. Nice. nice. Bye. All right, bye. Thank you so much for being here and listening to The Selfish Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Greenheart, and I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. Just search Luke Greenheart on YouTube. You'll find me. Check out my website, lukegreenheart.com. Have an amazing day and stay tuned for more episodes. I'll be interviewing guests on their path of self-development, their path to self, getting to know them in much more intimacy, much more depth, sharing and connecting with all so we can have a much more blissful, joyful and productive life together. All right. Much love. Have a great day.